listening to Story City Church in Granada Hills, California. We exist to glorify God by leading communities into healthy relationships with Jesus and with others. And here is this week's message. We're going to transition into a time of reading of the scripture as we go into God's word this morning. Uh, So if you can stand with me. We stand because we honor and value God's word. And we have reverence towards God's word. And so I'm really looking forward to continuing our series this morning. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, read this. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. This is the word of the Lord. So I had two moments of clarity this week. Um, the first was when I was uh, doing some shopping at Smart and Final. Uh, I was doing some shopping and I bought a large, ca- a very large case of waters uh, and I ran into Jude, Sandridge over there, and he says, wow, I didn't know that you drank water. <laughs> um, the second one, uh, I was driving in the car with my kids in the back seat, um, had an energy drink in hand, and my, do- my daughter says to her sister, Dad only drinks soda and coffee. Um, so, clarity, like I drink a lot of stuff besides water, especially energy drinks. Red Bull, Celsius, Bang, Rockstar, Monster. I mean, those all sound like drugs, but... Um, I hate water. Like, that's the reality. Like, I don't like water. Um, I do love LaCroix, Polar, sparkling water. I love all that. Um, But just plain old, boring, still water, I don't want to drink that. Um, But drinking water is one of those things that all of us know that we should do. Like, if you want to be healthy, if you want to lose weight, if you want to have energy throughout the day, like, you have to drink water. It's one of those things that all of us mentally know but don't actually end up pursuing as much as we probably think we should. Um, There's a bunch of things that are like that, that we know that we need to do and we should pursue. Like we should exercise more, we should get eight hours of sleep per night, we should eat our vegetables, we should spend time in solitude and silence, we should pursue accountability uh, in our walk with Jesus. These are things we know we have to do if we're gonna be healthy, well-rounded people. But what if I told you that there's a section in scripture where Paul was very clear about there's something that all Christians should pursue? Would you shrug it off as a suggestion on par with like drinking water or eating kale? Would you treat it in that same way? Or would you say like, okay, if he's saying this, then this is something I should figure out. I should think more deeply about it. I should try to integrate it into my life. Should make it a priority. Like how would you respond knowing that the Bible says that there's something you should pursue in order to be a healthy, spiritually well-rounded person. 
Um, before we start looking at scripture this morning, uh, my name is Chris Wozniki. I am one of the elders here at Story City. Um, and right now we're in a series called Equipped for Restora- Depth and Restoration. A couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of kicking us off uh, by thinking a little bit about the way that God gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can point people to Jesus uh, and so that they can experience the restoration that comes with knowing Jesus and being in his presence. Last week, Pastor Samir continued by talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, all of those, and the character that comes with being transformed by the Holy Spirit to be the kind of people we actually need to be in order to exercise these gifts well. Because if you don't have these and you're exercising these gifts, stuff just goes terribly wrong. So this morning, we're going to continue our series by looking at a passage um, where Paul talks about one, just one of the spiritual gifts. Like there's a whole bunch Uh, Pastor Samir listed some of them off last week, but we're just going to look at one, and we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14. Um, Before we do that, let's go ahead and pray. Jesus, we uh, give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks that you instruct us, and you lead us, and you guide us by it, that you have given us in your word what we need for holiness and effectiveness and mission and depth of pursuit of you, Lord. Um, I pray that as we take a look at your word this morning that you would um, speak to us, that you would enlighten our minds, that you would encourage us, challenge us, uh, and lead us to greater faithfulness to you. Pray this in your name, amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> you know, last time I mentioned that we were, my wife and I are watching this show, Ahsoka, um, we just switched over to Loki because Ahsoka just ended, so we've been watching Loki. Um, and fun fact, I mean, maybe it's not a fun fact, but it's just a fact. Um, I'm the type of person who has to watch the episode recap from like the week before. Um, this became a thing even last night. Uh, like my wife goes straight to the skip option. Like we're not watching the recap, just skip it. And I'm like, no, like I need to see what happened on the last show. And she's like, but it just happened a week ago. I'm like, well, maybe I forgot something. Um, So even though we covered 1 Corinthians 14 in the spring, it feels feels like we just talked about it. Uh, I'm going to give you a super brief recap of this passage. Um, And there's no like skip button. so You can't like skip this part of the sermon. Unless you're listening on Spotify, then you can just fast forward 20 seconds or whatever. Um, So follow along as I read from 1 Corinthians 14. Verses 1 to 5. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not speaking to people but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may be built up. So the church in Corinth, which is who he's writing to, is full of believers. Uh, It's a church that's full of people who are following Jesus. It's also full of people who have a lot of problems. Um, One of these problems, and maybe the biggest one, in my opinion, is they have a tendency to divide. 
um, to divide over who's the best apostle, to divide over who gets communion first, to divide over who gets the best spiritual gift. The church was basically like high school drama with everybody sort of jockeying for their place. Like, this one's the popular kid, this one's the smart one, this one's the athlete, this one's the most likely to succeed. And that's how Corinth as a whole was as a city. Uh, and that like attitude and mentality of the culture of the city starts to bleed into the church. And stuff gets so crazy to the point where like some of the church leaders are like, actually we're better than the apostle Paul. Like we know more than him. We're more spiritually powerful than him. So it just gets wild how, how people are like comparing themselves. Why does this matter? It matters because they had the tendency to want to rank different spiritual gifts. I have the better one. I have the more important one. I have the flashier one. Therefore, I must be more important because I have this gift. And Paul just stops them in their tracks. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 7, he says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. So he says, look, like there's different gifts. Like that's true, but there's one Spirit who gives them. And there's different ways to minister. That's true, but there's one Lord who leads the ministry. So yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that like the Spirit uses people, but at the end of the day, they all come from the same God. And why does that matter? Because at the end of the day, all the gifts are actually a gift of grace. That means that you didn't do anything to deserve them. They're a gift. Like by definition, a gift is something that's undeserved. If it was deserved, then it would be like a reward. They'd be spiritual rewards or spiritual payments, right? They're not spiritual rewards. They're not spiritual paychecks. They're spiritual gifts. So the spirit, he gives them out as he sees fit. And why does he do that? Well, he does it for the common good. So the Spirit gives you gifts, right, for the sake of others. 1 Corinthians 13, you know that passage that people always read during marriages. Um, Paul goes on to say that he gives gifts for the sake of love. And what counts is that they're actually done in love. Not to boast, not to self-aggrandize, but actually to love others. And one particular gift in particular, prophecy, is given to love others in a particular way. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says this, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, three things, strengthening, encouragement, consolation. So it's a display of God's love towards people by equipping and restoring people through these three things. And then Paul's, Paul tells us, he, he like brings us back to that whole like water and kale idea, like pursue this thing, right? Pursue this particular gift because it builds other people up and it's a way to show other people love. He knows that not everybody's gonna wanna pursue that. In 1 Thessalonians 5.20, he, he, he calls the church not to despise this gift because it can go sideways pretty quick. So he says, don't despise it, but actually pursue it and learn to do it well. 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, desire prophecy. Later in that chapter, verse 39, he exhorts us to desire earnestly to prophesy. So he's not just saying like, hey, it's a good thing. Like if you're doing it, cool, take it or leave it. No, he's actually commanding 
that believers eagerly desire to be able to do this. Uh, There's this uh, pastor and former Wheaton prof and Jonathan Edwards scholar, Sam Storms, he says this, he says, if you're not earnestly desiring to prophesy, if you're not praying for opportunities and occasions to speak into the lives of the church and other believers, you're doing something wrong. Not something immoral, not something sinful, but you're off. You're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So what exactly is this gift? What exactly is it? Wayne Grudem, uh, another Bible scholar and theologian, um, he gives these definitions. He defines prophecy saying, it is a report of something the Holy Spirit brought to someone's mind. Prophecy consists of telling something God has spontaneously brought to mind. Uh, He adds to this, elaborating a bit more and giving more detail. Um, He also says this, Much more commonly, the prophet and prophecy were used of ordinary Christians who spoke not with absolute divine authority, but simply to report something God had laid on their hearts or brought to their mind. So if you're taking notes, uh, here's our first note. This is a definition. Prophecy is telling someone something God, by his spirit, has brought to mind. All right? Um, you'll notice like, as we go through this, like, there's a lot of P's in this sermon, and Josh and Stephen can attest to this. Like, this wasn't planned. Like, the P's just started coming. Um, so notice in this definition, like, I didn't say anything about like, predicting the future. I didn't say anything about end times. I didn't say anything about like, figuring out like, all the political stuff that's going on in the world to like, prophesy when Jesus is gonna come back. Like, none of that. That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy can sometimes have like a, a future foretelling kind of aspect component to it, but more often than not, prophecy is about reminding someone something that God wants them to know that will strengthen, encourage, and console. All right, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I shared the story of how the Lord uh, led me to give some encouraging words to one of uh, a ministry leader that was uh, one of my volunteers at the time that like helped him with his doubts, right? That's an example of encouragement and consolation. Um, That's just one way that it works. So here's the point of prophecy. And like, I'm gonna keep harping on this because this is the most important part. Um, That the purpose is to strengthen, to encourage and console. Sometimes it's gonna be directed towards a believer. Right, just like my ministry friend. Sometimes it might be towards an unbeliever. Right? Think of the story I shared of Graham Cook with like the three-legged dog. Right? Regardless of the end result, like whether it's a believer or unbeliever, what happens is that God and his goodness get pointed to. Right? Can everybody do this? Is this something that like everyone can jump into? Um, the simple answer is yes, any believer can. But that doesn't mean every believer should expect to consistently exercise this gift. You know, Paul says that he wishes that everyone, he wishes that everyone would do this. That probably means that he didn't expect that everybody would be doing it, right? There are some who have the gift and will be able to exercise it consistently, just like there's some who have the gift of evangelism and are consistently really effective at evangelizing to people, right? But all can be used in this way. 
That's the first thing Peter says in his sermon in Acts. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, right? That characterizes the church after Pentecost. But just like everyone's called to evangelize, that doesn't mean everyone's gonna be an evangelist, right? Just like everyone is called to share the truths of the Bible, that doesn't mean everybody has the spiritual gift of teaching, right? Because all might speak prophetically at times, that doesn't mean that everyone necessarily possesses the gift of prophecy. So that kind of like sets the table of like what this all is. Um, We know what it is. We know what it's for. So let's talk about like how do you actually do this? Um, How do you deliver these words that the Spirit gives in order to encourage and console people? The first thing uh, is that there's a prerequisite. If you're taking notes, the prerequisite to prophecy is hearing the voice of God hearing the voice of God. Uh, This should be pretty obvious, right? Like if prophecy literally means telling something God has brought to mind, then obviously you'll need to know what God has brought to mind. Uh, Or else you'll have nothing to say, or worse, you're just gonna make stuff up. And that ends up in all kinds of bad places. Um, So you need to learn how to distinguish the voice of God, how to hear the voice of God, and distinguish it from your own voice, your own impressions, from cultural messages, and things that society would want us to believe. So how do you learn to hear the voice of God? Um, The most important thing is to know scripture. Scripture is God's word. It is inerrant, it is infallible, it is the word of God. There's no question, like if it's a message from God or not, if it's in the pages of this book, right? If it's in here, it's from God, right? So do you know scripture? Are you growing in your understanding of it? Do you know its words, its stories? Do you have parts of it memorized? Why know scripture? Two things. First, often the, wor- the words that the Lord will bring to mind just is scripture, right? He'll bring you to a scripture that you already know. And you know it's gonna be good because it's from the Bible. Uh, let me give you an example. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't call this prophecy necessarily. Uh, I would be very hesitant to, to call it that. Um, But here's an example of how the Lord can use scripture. So the other day I was taking my mom back home from the hospital, long story, um, and we were talking about why certain things happen. And as I'm processing it, I feel like I should share John uh, John 3, 8, which says that uh, the wind blows as it pleases. Uh, We don't know where it comes from or where it goes, so it is with the spirit. Just a passage that popped up to mind as we were talking. And she says to me that that's the passage she was reading in her devotional that morning. Um, I'm not saying that that's like a prophetic word or anything, but like that's how God uses scripture. And it led to further conversation about what God was doing. So knowing scripture gives us words to speak that we know are true because scripture is true. It also teaches us to test and discern whether an impulse to share is actually right. Like is what you're about to say, does it contradict scripture? How are you going to know that if you don't know the Bible? Does it go against a specific verse? Like, you share with somebody, hey, I feel like the Lord wants you to steal the offering. Um, It's like, well, there's a Bible verse that literally says, thou shalt not steal. Um, It's pretty clear. Like, if it contradicts what God says in his word, then God is not going to have you share that with somebody else. Right? But scripture is also where you get to know God's character. As you spend time reading the stories, hearing about the life and ministry of Jesus, 
you'll come to distinguish that there are certain things that are in his character, right? Certain things that you might feel like sharing or people share with you, you'd be like, wait, that, that doesn't sound like Jesus and his character. That doesn't sound like who he is. Like if somebody shares with you that like God is like super disappointed in you because you didn't share the gospel with that person last week, I mean, does Jesus like interact like that with his disciples? Does he like condemn them and tell, shame them and disapp- tell them he's disappointment? Like even when Peter like denounces Jesus, like what's Jesus' response? It's to draw him in and restore him, not to like beat him down. So like knowing his character is super important. Um, doesn't contradict his words, doesn't contradict his character. Um, Knowing scripture is the most important thing because scripture is God's norming norm, right? It's the authority, the final authority of all things. So um, another way you learn to hear the Lord's voice is by following him when he clearly directs your life. Let me give you an example. Um, Let's say you have a family member that you need to ask forgiveness from, right? Because you've wronged them. Um, And let's say as you're thinking, uh, the passage comes up in your mind where Jesus says that before you bring your offering to the altar, go and be reconciled with your brother. Let's say that passage comes to mind. If you know that God is leading you in a particular way, direction, and you ignore his voice in something that's clear, right, you make it harder for yourself to hear him in the future, to hear him and then respond. So when you ignore his voice for something that's very clear, Right? It's going to be a lot harder to hear him when something's a little bit fuzzier. Like if you listen and pay attention when it's clear, then when it's actually harder to hear and know whether like, oh, this was the Lord's voice or not, you're already going to be used to hearing him. So you're already going to know his voice. John 10, uh, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Knowing his voice comes with spending time with him in scripture and obeying him when he guides you. Think of it this way. Um, we live in an age of deep fakes. If you don't know what that is, uh, you can just Google it. Um, the other day I was listening to something with Post Malone and he was talking about uh, AI. Uh, someone had basically used AI to write a song in his style, right? The kind of things that he sings about and then used AI to ha- have him sing it using his voice, right? And none of it was actually him, right? It was all fake, The lyrics were fake, the content was fake, the music was fake, the voice was fake. So how do you distinguish between like a computer-generated song and a real song performed by the artist? The only way is if you really actually in reality know that person. Like if me or you listen to it on our headphones, like we'll probably think it is actually him. But like he knows it's not him because he knows himself, right? His family and his close friends probably know it's not him because they know him. Right? Knowing the person helps you discern their voice, whether it's authentic or not. So learning to hear is actually a prerequisite. So what exactly are you hearing for? You're hearing for a word of encouragement that comes from scripture um, or something that's just going to remind them of God's truth. So let's say you hear for someone, right? Let's say uh, a passage in Romans comes to mind. The passage, it says, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress persecution, famine, and nakedness, or danger. Let's say that comes to mind. What do you do with that? Next point, if you're taking notes, is to take the right posture. 
The posture of prophecy is love. Love is the point. Love is the point. Um, Remember, God gives these particular gifts for the common good, meaning for the sake of other people, to show them God's love, both Christians and non-Christians. To the Christian, God reminds them that God has personally known them and wants to walk with them and sees them where they're at and has a purpose for them. For the non-Christian, God wants to show them the same thing, that he wants to purposefully and personally walk with them, right? Even though they haven't turned to Christ yet, that he wants them to follow him, right? Love is the point. That's why Paul, when he starts talking about these gifts, he has that section in 1 Corinthians 13. And in verse 2, he literally says, if I have the gift of prophecy but don't love, then I am nothing. That's why we talked about the fruit of the Spirit last week. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Paul calls us to live by the Spirit, live in this particular way, to keep up with the Spirit and how he leads us. So as you share with someone, do it in love. Not as like a way to boast about like, oh, I have this gift, like I have special insights for you or whatever. No, do it as someone who is expressing God's care for them. Love this person by pointing them to Jesus. You know, sometimes um, as, you, as you pray for someone, um, you'll want to ask the Lord to give you just an insight or a glimpse into his love for them. Right? It's actually helpful to start by praying a prayer of blessing over them. You know, it's really hard to not love someone when you're genuinely praying for them. Right? And this will be easier, obviously, for people that you know and are in community with because you already care for them. You already have a relationship with them. Um, but what if you're praying for someone that you don't know? Right? Uh, I would suggest the following steps. First, um, pray for the Lord to bless them. Then, Pray for the Lord to give you a glimpse of his heart for them. And then ask the Lord if there's something that he'd like to share with them. And if it's a yes and it's scriptural and it's in line with God's character, go ahead and share that. If it's no, there's nothing that comes to mind, cool, just keep praying a blessing over them. Let me give you an example. Um, About a year ago, I went to a meeting Uh, a Young Life meeting with 10 directors from around the Southwest. And it was my first time being in the room with this group of people. Um, And we opened up with an exercise where we were gonna write notes of encouragement to each other. So like this team that's working together, pretty easy to do that. Like if you're like working with someone very closely, you can like write, oh, okay, like I saw you do good at this. You're doing great at this. Here's how you can keep pressing forward. Um, I didn't know these people, right? So what am I supposed to do? Just write a personal note? Like I had two options, right? Just Give a generic Bible verse that's encouraging. Um, Write some generic words of encouragement. Good job, you're doing great, way to go, keep going. The third option was more risky. The third option was to ask the Lord to give me a word of encouragement for each of these people. I could be flat out wrong, right? And that would have stunk, like that would have been uh, embarrassing, right? If I just go out on a limb and I share this stuff. So I asked the Lord, I took the risky option, and I asked him to give me a sense of his love for them. Um, And once I got that, stuff started to come to mind, and I wrote it on a blank note card. Um, And when it was time to go around in the circle, and people read what they wrote, I shared my stuff with like a super humble like approach, like, 
hey, as I prayed, and I might be like totally wrong, because um, I don't know you that well, like I just met you, um, but this is what I felt like I should share with you. And it was spot on every single time. Uh, not because like I was so good at that, but because the Lord wanted to share this with them, right? That wasn't me, that wasn't my intuition. Like it wasn't my intuition because I didn't know these people, right? That's the Spirit showing them his love for them. So to wrap things up, how do you do this with others? How do you share this with others? There's three steps. You hear, you interpret, and you apply. When you're used to hearing God's voice and you have the right posture, you open yourself up to being used by the Spirit in this way. Of course, it's not a guarantee, right? The Spirit can do whatever he wants. But let's say you've taken the right posture, right? You, you've heard the Lord speak. What do you do with that? You ask yourself, what is it that the Lord wants me to do with this? Does he want me to share it with this person? Or maybe he just wants me to keep it to myself so I can pray for them. And once you've worked through that decision, then it's time to apply what you've heard, right? And a posture of humility is really important here. Never say, God told me to tell you this, or thus saith the Lord, like when are you gonna share with someone? Because you're a fallible vessel, right? Prefacing it with like, I may be wrong, or I got the sense that, or I got the feeling that, ensures that you don't like take any authority that as, isn't actually yours, right? And it allows a person to then weigh that, right? Like if you say, God told me this, then you've put them in a spot where like they're gonna feel like either they're gonna be disobeying God or or something, right? So if you, if you don't come with that like powerful authority, then you're allowing the person to discern what you spoke, whether it's applicable or not. It also guards from the influence uh, on the life of the listener who might do something or make a decision based off of something that you just felt like might have been from God or not. <clears throat> so here, interpret, apply. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Pretty straightforward, not easy to do. Um, it takes time and practice to learn how to hear the Lord's voice. So with that, um, we're gonna try something this morning. We usually don't do this kind of stuff, uh, but we're gonna try something. Um, I'm gonna call the band up uh, right now. Um, if you look in your front seat back pocket, uh, you will notice that there is an index card in there. Um, and we're gonna spend a little bit of time uh, just listening to the Lord on behalf of others. And obviously, if you don't feel, um, if, if you're not a believer and you're like, I don't know about this, like, obviously don't do it. Um, uh, if you don't feel comfortable with this, um, I would just encourage you to spend this time maybe praying. Um, but as the band plays, uh, I'm gonna lead us through a little exercise where um, we're gonna pray on behalf of somebody. Um, I'm gonna ask you to just to think about somebody um, that maybe the Lord wants to use you to encourage them. Um, and as I guide us through this, I'll explain a little bit more. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's take a moment just to be in silence um, and just ask the Lord to guide us about whether or not there's somebody in particular he wants us to pray for.
and sometimes to eliminate distraction um, when trying to follow the Lord's guidance. Uh, it's useful just to, to slow your breath, to focus on just taking three deep breaths kind of puts away any other distractions that you might be thinking about. So as the Lord brings somebody to mind, um, I would invite you to just start praying the Lord's blessing over them in their life. Don't worry about what you're going to write or hearing anything. Just start praying for that person. praying for that person, uh, I would invite you to ask the Lord to give you a sense of his love for them. It's the kind of love that we see in Jesus and his sacrifice for us. It's the kind of love that pursues us when we were lost lifts us up when we're downtrodden. Just ask the Lord to show you his love for that person. you to ask the Spirit if there is a word or a scripture or a phrase that he would want you to use to encourage, console, or strengthen this person. Before you write anything down, just sit with it. Sit with those words or scriptures that come to mind. If nothing's coming to mind, don't force anything. Don't make something up. Just keep praying for that person. And just silencing any distraction that might come um, by focusing on taking three deep breaths can be a helpful thing. If something did come to mind, I'd encourage you to write that on the note card. If nothing came to mind, that's perfectly fine. That's okay.
If you did write something down, um, I would encourage you to ask the Lord whether that's something that he wants you to keep for yourself as you continue to pray for this person or whether that's something that he would want to share with them. Um, You might pray for the right time to share it, whether that's after service, whether that's during communion, during missional group later this week, or even just a text if it's somebody outside of church. I'm gonna pray for uh, the people that you were praying for. Jesus, um, we thank you that you love every single individual who has been prayed for this morning, um, that your heart goes out to them and wherever they're at, Lord, whether they're facing times of sadness and difficulty or whether they're celebrating something, Lord, whether they're just um, being faithful and pursuing you, Lord, you know where each of these individuals are at, Lord, you know um, their heart, you know how much you love them, and I just pray that they would experience that love as well, Lord, that comes from you, that comes from knowing that you are by their side personally walking with them and that you want deeper intimacy and relationship with them, Lord. Um, I pray for just boldness to share um, what you've put on people's hearts this morning, Um, that you would remove any fear of speaking words of encouragement, Um, any fear that might come with thinking that you might be wrong or that this uh, might just be you um, just thinking up of some scripture that would be nice and helpful, um, that they would just have the boldness to trust you and your leading and your guidance. Jesus, I also just give you thanks uh, for the love that you Uh, share with us that we remember in communion. Lord, um, you say that on that night you gave the disciples bread and the fruit of the vine, Lord, to represent your body and your blood that was given on our behalf. Lord, we remember that all these gifts are ultimately rooted in your love for us that's displayed on the cross, that that's the standard So I pray that as we go into this time of communion, Lord, if we have put our faith in you, that this would be a time to remember the depth of your love for us. God, and if we have, if anybody here hasn't put their trust in you, I pray um, that you would awaken that, that you would prod them on to have a conversation with one of our pastors or elders about what it actually looks like to follow you. We love you, Jesus, and we're thankful that you are with us by your spirit in this time. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you'd like to join us in person, our services are Sundays at 10 a.m. and we're located at 11011 Havenhurst Avenue in Granada Hills. Find us on Instagram at StoryCityGH or online at StoryCityChurch.com. Go and be the church.